Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the Emmanuel Sanders trade. Oh yeah, that just happened. In fact, Raymond and I purposely withheld till this morning because we knew that if we started podcasting at around 12, 10 p.m. on Tuesday, October 22nd, the chances of Emmanuel Sanders being on this team at the exact moment we press record were extremely high. And we were right. What a trade. Raymond, are you excited? 110%. Awesome. And we're going to talk about that after this intro. Before, But before we get started, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us to talk about this Emmanuel Sanders trade? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us if you want to hear it. Subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly want to hear your thoughts about the Emmanuel Sanders trade. So they wanted to trade for him now because they wanted him they want him to play this week against Carolina, which we'll talk about in our next episode. Awesome. Now, Raymond, if they want to talk to you about this trade, where can they find you? You can reach me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis1. Awesome. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis3 and on Twitter at Rudy Solis3RD. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about this Emmanuel Sanders trade right after the intro. And then we're going to get into our recap of the 49ers versus Washington, that muddy, bloody, runny, wet game. But of course, it's time. The greatest fanalist in the game is here. Your professor of fanalism. He's here with his books, with his history lessons, classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom. All right, Raymond. So I'm going to hand off the mic to you. Let's unpack that Emmanuel Sanders trade. Uh, Yes, this is huge. I know that, you know, some people might argue that giving up two picks for Emmanuel Sanders was a lot, but third and fourth round, I think that's okay. We get a fifth round for it. And John, John, uh, John Lynch is most likely going to get those picks back in some other form before next year's draft you can i can pretty much guarantee it because that's how that's how he's operated the past two years is acquiring picks and he's really good at that and so i expect those picks to be made up in some form or another by the time next year's draft comes so that that part is fine and emmanuel sanders is not the big big deep threat like an aj green or someone like that but he's very very productive he's he's a He's much. He's like a much more reliable version of Marquise Goodwin. So he's a much more effective route runner. He can. He's more versatile. He can run more routes than these guys. And his productivity this year, which is, he's played all seven games despite the injury he came off of. I know he's thirty-two years old, but this is a short-term rental. This is like what this is what Pierre Garcon was supposed to be, before you know things went south for him. He's been targeted 44 times. He's got 30 receptions, 367 yards, two touchdowns. It's more product. That accumulated total by one individual is more than Debo Samuel and Marquis Goodwin have done combined this year. So we're getting a very productive wide receiver that this 
this wide receiver core sorely needs right now. Well, this provides that veteran leadership that I kept complaining about, right? That too. Yes, that too. Debo Samuel needs it. Marquis Goodwin is not that person. Kendrick Bourne needs it. Dante Pettis needs it. And when Jalen Hurd gets back, he's going to need it. So we have a lot of young guys that need to be that need some mentorship. We have some of that on the defensive side. You have Richard Sherman. You have Quan Alexander. You have D Ford. You have guys at every posi- at every level, you know, mentoring these younger guys and getting them up to speed. Nick Bosa has the perfect complement to him on the opposite side with D Ford, who by the way leads the team in sacks. So you know that part's handled. But on the offense. Who do you have? You have Joe Staley. You have our center. You have Jimmy, but the wide receivers don't have anybody. George Kittle's on year three. You have Tevin Coleman as a running back, but he's not, you know, he was a two back in Atlanta. You know, now he's the one back, but still, I don't expect that out of him. Usechek is a four year pro bowler. But he still, but he's no, but he still provides leadership. He's still someone who's he played does. in a, in a championship game. And that's, that's what I mean. Regardless of whether he was the RB1 or the RB2. Well, I'm talking about veteran leadership, guys that have played at the highest level, Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, NFC, AFC championships. And not that the game itself of, of playing, being in a Pro Bowl is at the highest level, but obviously reaching right. the level stats worthy of being in right. that game. I mean, he, he's, that, he's, that's yeah. the wide receiver is the one place we were lacking in we're, that. We're veteran definitely leadership. getting that. You know, he's been more or less healthy most of his career. He he was drafted by Pittsburgh in 2010. He was actually he got better and better each year with Pittsburgh in in total yards and targets and games played so but for whatever reason they got rid of him in 20 after the 2013 season he went to Denver in 2014 and then exploded and had a huge breakout year receiving over 1400 yards he caught nine touchdowns that year he's been trending downward since then you know the very next year in 2015 he had 1100 yards 2016 he went to another pro bowl but just had over a thousand yards and then he had 555 yards in 2017 and I think he was battling some injuries. And they also had a carousel of quarterbacks going through there at that time. 2018, he was actually doing really well. He played 12 games, had over 868 yards, four touchdowns, and then had the horrific injury, but has been back since then. Actually came back sooner than what was projected. And he's played in all seven games, has been his usual productive self. So I think adding a versatile player like him to a Kyle Shanahan offense is all these numbers that we're seeing here. All those numbers are going to get better. His touchdown totals, his catches, his his uh, his yards uh, per target. Right now, it's eight point three. Everyone on this Niner squad, with the exception of like Matt Breida and uh, Matt Breida, none of these guys catch less than nine yards uh, per reception. So these numbers are going to go up. Dante Pettis, he has he's been the least targeted. Him and Kendrick Bourne are the least targeted, but Kendrick Bourne is 15 and a half, half yards per reception. Marquise Goodwin, 16 and a half per reception. Debo Samuel, 11 yards per catch. George Kittle, 11 yards per reception. So Emmanuel Sanders is going to, he's going to bolster this offense. You know, this is huge. You know, New England just added Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons because they're not going anywhere. So they might as well start pat preparing for next year. Denver's in a same, in a similar boat. You got to start stacking up, you know, the, the picks so you can start to rebuild your roster. So we got, we got a productive wide receiver. We, 
we coincidentally keep pace with the team, but it, this was more about bolstering our wide receiver core because this was an area that we were lacking, that we needed some a veteran presence and more productivity out of, and now we've gotten that. And New England was in coincidentally in exact same scenario with injuries. Th- theirs is more of an injury issue versus just a youth injury. Ours is a combination of youth and a couple of injuries. We have no Taylor. We have no Jalen Hurd. Well, Raymond, I think you pretty much nailed it. That That pretty much sums it up. As far as the Emmanuel Sanders trip, I'm really excited. This is yes. the kind of move that a team makes when they're in our position and they're looking to add a piece that they feel will make them that much more competitive to take this thing to the next level. I know, and a, lo- and a lot of people were criticizing the Niners because they didn't, you know, they they said that they needed to find a wide receiver, and they why don't they trade AJ Green? AJ Green was going to cost you a first round pick, so. It's horrible. It's like that. That would be a terrible trade. Not not in this position. We're so young and in the ground swelling of this of this resurgence that you can't start giving up those kind of pieces unless you're like you know the Rams that give up first rounders on a regular basis to win now. When you know, and it's gotten them to a Super Bowl, but it's going to be tough sledging for them. You know, going forward in terms of trying to keep pace by accruing new talent. So, but but this is a cost-effective move. I know I know Denver wanted to hold on to Emmanuel Sanders, according to Adam Schefter on Twitter, for another week because they wanted him to play against the Colts. But we wanted him to play against Carolina, so now he's going to do that, and that's going to be very exciting to watch. Absolutely, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit later in the week. But first, Raymond, let's get to the game that happened over this past weekend. I said. Accurately, in the in our preview episode of this game last week, I said that this had all the makings of a classic trap game. Did I not? You did. The weather gods I, I, even supported you. Yeah, I really did. I said this is the this is the kind of game that the 49ers are supposed to win. This is a horrible team, but at the same time, streaks are really hard to keep. We've been undefeated this entire season. This is our this was our sixth game going into it or in our seventh week, you know, six game in seven weeks. And it had all the makings of a trap game. This is the kind of game that I just expected the 49ers to have a rough go at and, and either lose this game or win with by very little points. The morning of Raymond, coincidentally, the morning of, I have two Rams fans sitting at my bar and they're asking me, Hey, are the Niners going to cover? We're, we're trying to place a bet right now. Rams fans. And I said, well, it was nine and a half last week. What's the what's the what's the spread? What's the line? They said, well, it's ten points. I said, bet the under. Go on the under. The the the, the Niners are not going to win by more than ten points. I said, I, I I bet the under on that. And they bet the under and they won and they thanked me for it because they're like, hey, you called it. I said, I freaking told you guys, man. This had all the makings of a trap game, and it was a rough game. And I think the weather really did us no favors more than anything else. I think that had a, a tremendous amount of effect on the game. But I want to t- pass it off to you, the greatest fanless in the game. Let us know what did you see and what really made this game such a hard win for the 49ers this week. Well, I think right where you left off, you know, that's pretty much where I'm going to pick up as far as your question is concerned, the, the weather. And Kyle Shanahan you know, confirmed this in his post-game press conference. You know, when the weather is that bad and it's not going to let up and, you know, that wasn't the anticipation going into the game. None of us, you know, the press didn't know, the team didn't know, the coaches didn't know until like, you know, 
till they arrived and saw that the weather had changed and then it didn't let up the very next day for game day. So, you know, rain or shine, snow or rain, uh, the football goes on. So, and Kyle Shanahan said, he said, hey, when that happens, you know, your your original game plan pretty much goes out the window. And that's what happened, you know. So I think, you know, the, the, the way this game played out, I think a lot of it, not all of it, but I would say a majority of it, was heavily dictated by the weather. I thought that the weather would benefit the Redskins. It clearly did defensively. They they shut down our offense and didn't allow a single touchdown. We had to rely on Robbie Gold's foot to win this game. But conversely, there was an element of that that also helped us out. We kept there. We all we had to focus on was their ground game because they were not going to have a very good passing game that day. Both quarterbacks, you know, really underperformed in terms of the passing game. Jimmy G was really effective in the second half in the passing game when the, when it finally started to open up. I think he was 9 for 11 in the second half, so he was extremely efficient, especially after that pick he threw to the safety. Just Jimmy G maintaining his, you know, one pick a game quota. I'd really like to see some zeros get thrown up in the coming weeks because we have some stiff competition that is going to that those teams will be better equipped to take advantage of mistakes like that from Jimmy. So I know he knows that. So going forward, I just want to see some more zeros out of him. But again, this was a running game. This was going to be a running game from the beginning. Adrian Peterson, 20 carries for 81 yards. He actually averaged, he had a pretty good average for the game, but they, it was never established to a point where I think the Redskins were comfortable and even on our side, we weren't comfortable, but we were getting more, we were getting more productivity downfield. And I felt like that was a huge difference. You know, we had a lot more first downs than they, than they had. And that was a big deal. I know that, you know, third down conversions were, we were really, really good on that part. And that played a huge factor into how you know how how we were able to even put some points on the board in this game so you know those things and and again the defense tons of pressure tons of sacks so nick bosa with with the dagger the dagger sack today that i mean yesterday that was huge it was so 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 big and that you know Especially with when he had the, you know the, the ending sack. D. Ford had a sack today. Eric Armstead had a sack today. They had uh, tackle two tackles for loss between the two of them. You know they were great today. But Nick Bosa was really the one that shined out. He led the team in tackles. He had a sack and he had four TFLs. So he was excellent in the backfield today. He's really starting to get, every game. He seems to get better in his technique. And now he's starting to close. And remember, in the, earlier in the season, he said, "I you know you know the, the training." None of it teaches you how to close, you know, which is something you kind of have to figure out with your reps, with playing the game in live and, you know, in live fire exercises, so to speak. And he's figuring that out. Jimmy Ward was excellent today with four tackles. Quan Alexander is amazing. Him, Quan Alexander and uh, Fred Warner lead the team in tackles. They've been terrific uh, in the middle, middle of the field there. They've been amazing. So I just... It, this game proves that no matter what the condition has been thrown at the Niners, they've been able to find a way to win. And this is what good teams do. This is what playoff teams do, dare I say it. When the night we've seen the Niners win convincingly against subpar teams. We've seen that when the Niners give up the ball a lot, 
in the Pittsburgh game, they still found a way to win by playing stout defense. We see that when the weather elements come into play and really stifle the passing game and force the teams, each team to be one-dimensional, they still find a way to win, albeit through field goals. And really, in this game, we only needed one to, to, to win it. And so this team is proving right now that A, they travel well, and B, no matter what the circumstances is, you can feel confident in their chances of pulling out a win because they're so resilient. Their adjustments at second half and mid-game are among the best in the league, and their third down conversion is nearly 50%. Jimmy G was 44% today. It's amazing. So they just they beat you in so many different ways. And now, on top of that, we get Emmanuel Sanders for next week against a tough matchup for Car- against Carolina, with Carolina coming into town. So I also- love it. And again, those second-half adjustments prove to be all the difference. This is a team that can really make adjustments. The final three drives, there's you know of the four drives, of the of the uh, of the three drives that ha- that we had, the last three all end in field goals in the second half. The last three drives, you know, so excellent, excellent, right? Cause, excellent. And that because that's when we were more balanced. We were passing the ball and running the ball effectively. And what, when the offense is more balanced like that, you can obviously see it keeps the drives going may, way better than just running the ball. And and you know, credit to Redskins, they they played good defense. And their first drive, twelve plays, eight minutes, sixty five yards. They missed that field goal, but they took they took the script right out of the Rams game and said, "We're just going to run down your throat for a majority of these plays." So the Niners need to clear up that part of their game because they're getting beat. You know, they're getting beat in those early drives two weeks in a row now. They've only led to seven points between both those drives against two different teams on the road in both contests. So that's obviously a really good you know, outcome, all things considered. So, you know, and again, once, once that happened, you know, Washington really couldn't do anything after that. They had a punt, then they had a turnover on downs, then they had a punt, then they had a punt, then they had a fumble, then they had a punt, then it was the end of the game. They got sacked at the end of the game. So nothing they did after that first drive was, you know, I think that their two drives later, they had about 10 plays for nearly seven minutes and accumulated 51 yards, but then they got a turnover on downs because they couldn't convert on the fourth. So, but other than that, other than two, product, they've had two, product, they had two productive drives all day long. The defense, the, the 49ers defense right now is so ridiculously consistent and so overwhelming it's just really hard for teams to get anything going. Yeah, and I definitely think, you know, you like to give out your game balls. I think the game ball has to go to Nick Bosa today, right? Yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Nick Nick Bosa. He 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 led the defense in all statistical categories and he's the one who closed it out. He was in the backfield more than anybody else and he got the the key sack to to see to ice the game. Because even even with the with a field goal and a two point conversion, we we won. We, we we still would have had the lead. So it was very important to not go, not to try to push the drive any further at that point, and just get the three points. Because no matter what the team scored on the ensuing possession, you knew that it wouldn't, it still wouldn't get them the lead. So it was that was a a a solid call on Kyle Shanahan 
to go for the field goal instead of trying to push the drive further. Now, Raymond, what about your boy, who also I think is having a resurgent year right now? Your boy, you they called him Mr. Glass. The glass <laughs> the, cannon. The glass cannon. Jimmy Ward. Four tackles. Four tackles on the day. Your boy Jimmy Ward, the glass cannon, he's still here. He is. He's he's hasn't broken anything in two weeks, knock on wood, and he's been extremely productive in both games that he's played. And so you really can't ask for more. Jimmy Ward had a fantastic game last week. He was solid again this week, so he's going to have a tough matchup next week. But if as long as he can just stay healthy and stay in there, you know, then because I want him to play at this level game in and game out. Because eventually, I want to ditch the, the nickname of the Glass Cannon. I want him to become just the cannon. You know, I want to ditch the glass part of it. <laughs> so if he keeps doing this, I will eventually get drop the nickname. But right now, this is just what he's been the last four years. I got to go with what what he's shown us for his entire career outside of you know two back-to-back games where he's been okay. Or where he's been great, I should say. So good on him. I hope he stays with it. Quan's been excellent. Kwan Williams. Quan Alexander's great. had an amazing year, you know, and that was another one of our. Oh, I don't know about this one. How many red shirts are we going to take off and give them another chance? This feels very bulky-ish, but lo and behold, yeah, it's 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 paid huge dividends. And you know, I, I think perhaps there's something to be said. I mean, Bulky took that chance, and there's other GMs that take that chance too. But the problem with Bulky was he missed on. He had a 100% fail rate on all of those picks, where in John Lynch's case, you know, he's he's hit on great with Quan Alexander. Jimmy Ward, he's taken the chances on, and that seems to be paying dividends so far through a couple games. Kwaski Tart is injured prone, but that's a bulky pick. Eric Armstead is a bulky pick, but they hung in there and decided to go with him, and now Eric Armstead's having a his best year ever. D Ford came in healthy, so there's no issues there. Um, he he's had injury he's been history, great. yeah, and he's been great. He leads the team in sacks, so we're getting exactly what we wanted from him, which is amazing. So everything's been really good. The only thing he, the only one he's really missed, Jarek McKinnon, he's missed on huge. Um, you know, he came in healthy and then got injured with us, so that one's a little bit different. He, everyone said he overpaid for Kyle Juszczyk. That clearly has paid off. He's been the best fullback in the entire league and has been a Pro Bowl every year with us since coming off of his Pro Bowl year in Baltimore. George Kittle was obviously a home run. Matt Breida has been a home run. Cost effective home run. Tevin Coleman has been paying off really good. Another great offseason acquisition. Dante Pettis. And none of the wide receivers have really kind of you know, proven themselves yet. So there's still a lot left to be desired in that regard, which is one of the reasons why we got Emmanuel Sanders. Nick Bosa has been everything he was advertised as so far this year. Oh, I mean, more so. He is just, I haven't really said anything. I've kind of let you, you really take the mic. I, I am just blown away. So rarely, so rarely does a player in his first year, you know, top, top three pick of the draft so rarely do these players come to fruition and have such an immediate impact that is just so um 
uh, quantifiable. Just right. It, it's not just. It's not just. Oh, you know, you're you're seeing you're seeing it or you're seeing intangibles. I mean, we've got statistical data to prove that Nick Bosa's probably the rookie defensive player of the year. Uh, e- easily is. so far. Yeah. If he keeps this pace, he's going to not only win that award, but he'll go to a pro bowl. It's, it is insane. Just how well he's done, how impressive he has been. I, I'm trying to think, can you think he's playing like a veteran? He's playing like a pro bowl veteran. You know, I, I it helps. It helps that his supporting cast is so good too. He's playing against all everyone else on the starting lineup next to, to his, to his right. Or, or left, depending on where he lines up, they're all first-round picks. And they're all playing at an extremely high level. So all of that helps too. But at the same time, his polish allows him to just seamlessly be inserted and produce at that same level. And that's, that is really, really impressive. Quinnen Willems for the Jets is not doing as good. He's still a great you know asset to have and groom. But comparatively, people people complained about why didn't we pick that guy? Why pick him when you have someone like look look at Nick Bosa's productivity and tell me you wouldn't want him over Quillen Williams? Oh, Nick Bosa all day, all day. He's been fantastic. Again, this defense is undeniable. It was a it was a tough win, but we grinded it out. As you mentioned, this had all the makings of a trap game. We avoided it ending as a trap game and the 49ers improved to 6 and 0 and I, I i've just been really impressed man this is this has been a, a an historic run for San Francisco and i'm just excited that we're seeing the Kyle Shanahan team we were promised come to fruition not every game is going to be a blowout not every game is going to be this beautiful wonderful just incredible uh you know offensive and defensive uh game full of wizardry Hold on one second. I'm getting a phone call from Brian. So I'm going to say that part again. Not every game is going to be, you know, this full of just offensive and defensive wizardry, and we're just going to be blown away by how uh, amazing these games are played. That's not possible. But but the fact of the matter is we we are, we are still winning. And a W is a W. It is really hard to win in the NFL. Streaks are really hard to keep going in the NFL. But re- but regardless, we, we're we here and we're experiencing it. So I'm not going to complain. I'm excited by the win. Uh, it's exactly what I wanted. I just wanted a W. I wanted us to beat Washington. I wanted Shanahan to get his revenge. We got all of it. Now, Raymond, we've almost got a run. But I want to end with a question that I've begun to ask myself and I began to ask you this week. And now I turn to the Gold Cast Nation and the 49er faithful. Here's the question I want to ask you. Why not us? Why not us? Why can't the 49ers make a deep playoff run this year? Why can't, dare I say it, the 49ers make it to a Super Bowl? I'm not going to say that we're going to. I'm not saying we will. I'm not calling our shot. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm simply saying, why not us? And here's what I mean by that question, 49er faithful. Kyle Shanahan, been to the Super Bowl. Robert Sala, been to a Super Bowl. Richard Sherman, been to a Super Bowl. Tevin Coleman, been to a Super Bowl. Joe Staley, been to a Super Bowl. Has it met, was Emmanuel Sanders on Denver when they went in 20... 20- 
Yeah. Been to a Super Bowl. D Ford played an AFC Championship game. The difference between this team and the 2012 team that did go to a Super Bowl is that we have at the co- from the coaching staff down to all of these veteran leaders that I keep talking about, the importance of veteran leadership, they have been to championship games or Super Bowls. The 49ers team collectively, for the most part, I don't, I don't, had, I don't know, had anyone been to a Super Bowl on that Super Bowl, t- on that 49ers team? I'd have to go back and look at the rosters. Richard Sherman has a ring. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the 2012 49ers team. If Just Joe them. Staley. Joe Staley had been to a no. I'm talking about from in 2012. Had anybody on the 49ers been to a Super Bowl on the 2012 roster for the 49ers? I don't think anyone had. I don't know. Prior prior to that year, yeah, prior to 2012. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So that's the difference. Though the difference, what I'm saying is, is that this 49er team has veteran leadership from the coaching staff, even the GM. From the GM to the coaching staff to the players, we have veteran leaders at almost every position that have won or been to the minimum a championship game or a Super Bowl. This is not a team built of nothing but rookies, a built of people who have never gone there before. These guys have done it. They've played at the highest level. Some of them have won at the highest level. They've at least won championship games or been to championship games, NFC or AFC championship games. So the question I'm posing is, why not us? This isn't like prior 49ers teams. This is a team where collectively many of the players, many of the most successful players on this current roster, including the coaches and our GM, have been to the biggest game there is, the Super Bowl. So all I'm, all I'm the only question I'm asking now that I want you to start asking yourselves, why not us? Why not us? That's all I'm asking. Just why not us? I, that's, I'm not saying anything beyond that question. And so now, week by week, the 49ers will give us an opportunity to, to, to let us know why not us. Give us re- reasons for or against this hypothetical question. Why not us? What are your thoughts on that, Ray? I don't think there's an answer. The, the only reason why why not is if someone knocks us off. Right now, we're atop. We're at the top of the food chain. you know. And by the way, we get Kyle Nelson back this week. So we get the long snapper back. So Robbie Gold's going to have some help back this week. Do we know Joe Staley is making an attempt to come back this week? And then we have Mike McGlinchey and Kyle Juszczyk waiting in the wings to return in the next couple weeks. Then the Niners are gearing up. They're getting loaded. We have Emmanuel Sanders coming in this week to play. Joe Staley might play. And you have Mike McGlinchey and Kyle Juszczyk expected to be back within a couple weeks. So, and and our long snapper's back, so our kicking game is going to get better. Because uh, Kyle Nesson's great, and there's there's a reason why you have somebody you know that consistent to that consistently fulfills that role as Kyle Nelson does. So that's going to be a huge bolster to our kicking game, which was so so pivotal last year and has been inconsistent this year, but will get better with him coming back off that suspension. So that I, to me, I I think, hey, we're at the top of the food chain. There is no there is no why not. It's it's the the question people I think need to be asking ourselves is you know who's better, 
who's better right now? Because right now, there is no one better, in my opinion. There's, there's people that are vying for that top position, and I think you can make some good cases right now. But if I got to go with you know statistics and standings position, right now it's us. Right now there is no one better in our conference after all. So that, that's where I'm at. I love it. I love it. Raymond's saying, we are us. There is no why not. We are us. And I love that. And I think as of right now, you're right. But this is the question now, 49ers faithful. This is the question going in as we quickly round the corner on the second half of the season. Why not us? And right now, I'm with you, Raymond. That's kind of how I feel too. So why not us? So start asking yourselves, 49er faithful. Start looking around to your fellow 49er fans and start asking them, why not us? Even Jimmy G's gone. I forgot to I, I forgot to mention, even Jimmy G's been to a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. He has rings. He has two he rings. He has rings as well. <laughs> I, I, even Jimmy G is gone. So 49er faithful, the good news, why not us? And right now, there's no reason why not. We are in the running, and this is not a rookie team. This isn't a ragtag group of guys that we just kind of threw together, and, and, and somehow we're just kind of making it. This team has been carefully curated over the past three years by John, by, uh, John Lynch. G, uh, I was going to say Jimmy G. By John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala. These guys have carefully curated this team over the past three years, and many, many of the players that are on this roster – have been all the way. So why not us? That's what we're going to leave you with. We'll be back in the middle of the week. Wednesday night, we are going to be recording our Warriors regular season preview. The NBA is back. The Warriors are back. And it is uh, it is going to be an interesting year for us. <laughs> uh, Clay Thompson, they're saying they are expecting him not to return this year at all. That so that that really leaves this team in the hands of Steph Curry and uh, our new boy D Lo. And then uh, on top of that, Michael Jordan said uh, this week that uh, Steph Curry is a great player, but he's not a Hall of Famer. To which I say, screw you, get off your high horse, whatever. Give me a. To which Magic Johnson said, everyone needs to relax. We know he's a Hall of Famer. So Magic Johnson basically countered that and said, yeah, he is a Hall of Famer, and. Jordan's just saying that so he doesn't get fined, is what he joked joked after that. So we have we have the the voucher of Magic Johnson, the greatest the greatest point guard to ever play the yeah, game. Yeah, I I I was like whatever, Michael Jordan. I I don't care, like whatever. But anyways, regardless, it's going to be an interesting season. We also have season opener tonight, Lakers and Clippers, and uh, that team who beat us in the championship, whose name I've already forgotten playing the Pelicans, and then, of course, our season opener on Thursday, Warriors and Clippers, which should be a fun game. So a lot to talk about there. Warriors making their debut in San Francisco. Candlestick Will, you, Raymond, myself, all of our favorite esteemed co-hosts will be returning for our big, big one. We're recording that one tomorrow night. That'll be released on Thursday. And then, of course, as always, Friday Preview Fridays, we will be looking up at the big matchup again. This is the newest big test, the Carolina Panthers. Finally, another competitive, good team we get to go up against. And then after this, I mean, it's pretty much we've got the Cardinals. Football Friday. Yeah. 
Yeah, for the, our, our preview Fridays here, Football Fridays. I'm, I can't wait. We've got a huge week of Goldcast episodes. Do not miss any of them. Make sure you're hopping onto YouTube to talk to us. What do you think about this question of why not us? And are you excited for Emmanuel Sanders to be on this roster? Let us know in the YouTube comments. All right, Raymond, so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, this is the Gold Cast.